So last week, as we talked about you can be free, um, we looked at the first portion of Romans 8. And Paul drew a line in the sand. He said, if you want, you can continue to pursue your earthly passions. You can continue to pursue your earthly desires and, and the things of this world. But if you continue to pursue the things of the flesh and the things of the world, it will lead to death. And on the flip side, if you pursue the things of God, you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, lead you, guide you, and be your all in all, you will at the end find life and find peace. And we talked last week about how God does not just set us free for the sake of being free, but he set us free so that we could be the men and women that he has called us to be. That each and every one of us has this God-given purpose, and we can spend our whole life looking for it. And God doesn't want you to spend your life looking. He wants to share it with you right now. He wants you to know what it is, and he wants you to be free to be who he made you to be. And that's real freedom. Instead of asking, am I doing what I was meant to do? Am I using my gifts to the best of my ability? Am I following my passions? If God would just tell us what those things are and how they line up, that would just free us even more, and we would get so much more out of life. And so we talked about how that would be real freedom, to step into how our passions and desires and gifts and past experiences all knit together to be this free, purposeful, fulfilling life that our Heavenly Father longs for us to have. And this morning we're going to talk, we're going to go to kind of take it a step further, but as way of introduction, I was thinking about uh, this morning, Paul's going to use the word slave a lot. And that reminded me of a fundraiser I used to do as a youth pastor. So Mitch, take notes. This is, that's a good one. You'll want this. All the youth are going to not like me after this, but that's okay. Uh, we would do a fundraiser called Slave for a Day. And what you would do is if you wanted to come to YC with us, there was a set Sunday we'd feed everybody because everyone's more generous after they've been fed. And so after the meal, we'd pull all the teens up the teens would come up on stage and they would share what they were willing to do, what they're capable of doing. The rookies always made the same mistake. I'll do anything. You'll regret that. Um, <clears throat> and then the people of the church and people of the community would show up and they would bid and they would auction. And, and you got this student, or sometimes you got a couple students, for a whole day to do whatever you want. So if you got a bunch of yard work, the guys always went for the yard work. Uh, if you had, like, painting and decorating and all, like, honestly, the ladies would go for that. And I'm not being, I'm not being sexist. I'm just saying that's how it would go, okay? Don't judge me. Um, and, but it never failed that half the students would get bit on, and they would show up, and they'd be all dressed, ready to go, and that person at church just wanted to have coffee. That's all they wanted. They just, they paid a way too much for a tea day. Now, some of the, most of the people, that was pretty good experience, but you know, we, we were in a big church, and some of those people probably would have rather been working than having tea with them all day. Just saying, but, <clears throat> but as a good youth pastor, I would always throw myself in, because if your kids are going to be doing it, you, you know, extra little funds always helps, so I would get up and for the first four years of this fundraiser, without fail, I'd get to the person who bought me, and they're like, oh, pastor, I just wanted to give an offering. I don't expect anything of you. You just, 
Oh, God bless you. Thank you so much for bidding and taking. And then the fifth year happened. And this little, this sweet lady bought me for more than I'd ever been bought for ever. And I thought it was going to be the same old routine. I come up and flash my big old smile. Oh, thank you so much for your donation. She smiled back at me and she's like, you're going to wish you'd never been born. <laughs> what? <laughs> what happened? She's like, oh, I know how the first four went. You're going to make up for it. Oh, darn. Oh, anyways, never worked so hard in my life. She definitely made up for it. I think I had to go back for a couple days. She had quite a list waiting for me. But anyways, it was good. All for a great cause. Anyways, question I have for you today. If you could have a slave for a day, what would you do? Everyone online, you go ahead and share in the comment section. Everyone in-house, you can giggle and laugh and plot and just getting you ready because, you know, we may have that fundraiser pop up at some time and you may want to uh, have a plan for those people. <coughs> I see some moms coming around to their teens being, it's okay, it's going to be fine. If you could have someone show up and do anything you wanted for a whole day, what would you do? Because I know some of you got some sheds out back that nice young teen would do go a long way. But it's fun, as fun as it is, as Paul is right, I heard something about a youth pastor. I... I like this. I like this side right here. They've got plans for Mitch already. This is good. Um, <laughs> derailed the whole thing. Maybe tables is a bad idea. Uh, I, uh, you're learning, yeah. Um, as Paul continues on in, the, in this, this chapter of Romans, Romans 8, we're going to be in verse, starting in verse 12 this morning if you've got your physical Bible. If you don't have a Bible, it's going to be up on the screen. But Paul's going to continue on with this idea of you have these options. You can either pursue the desires of the flesh, you can pursue your earthly desires, and it's going to lead one way, or you're going to, you have the option to embrace God for who He is and all that He wants to be in your life, and it's going to go a completely different way. And so there's going to be some overlap from last week, but Paul takes this whole idea of slavery and he takes it in a different direction. And so... Uh, Without any further lead up, verse 12, here we go. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Okay, this is a repeat of what we talked about last week. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs, of, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Wait, what? What was that part about suffering? Yeah, that's next week. Don't, don't worry about that last part. Because we don't often associate those two things, but we're going to unpack that a little bit next week. But Paul takes this idea, and he says, you're, again, you have these two options. You want to be, follow the ways of the flesh. You want to follow the ways of sin. It's going to lead to death. 
There is no other, because sin is a bad master. They ask and ask and makes demands and makes requests over and over and over again. And there's only one end. But on the flip side, he doesn't say you become a slave to God. He says, actually, you, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you declare God as your Father, you actually come into the spirit of adoption, and you stop being a slave, and you become a child. And that is radically different. <coughs> because on one hand, and, and this is how it plays out, and this is how it was in Paul's day, and this is exactly how it is for us as we choose whether we're going to follow God or follow the ways of the world. Slaves, slaves had to sell themselves. When you became a slave, it was normally because you got yourself in a situation that you couldn't get yourself out of, and so you sold yourself to a master. You sold yourself to someone who was rich. And they... <laughs> They basically used you like a piece of equipment. And on the flip side, when a child was adopted, well, we know how the adoption process works. There's a bunch of kids who are stuck in a situation that they can't get out of themselves, and two parents, after a long process, come into that situation, and they choose a child. A slave had no future. If you were a slave, you, had, you were expected to fulfill a purpose. It was kind of like, what do I get out of you? You had a purpose to fulfill. And once you could no longer fulfill that purpose, you were discarded. You were disposed of with nothing to show for all the work. You could have been a slave to this master for years upon years. And if you got too old or you got injured, you got sick, and you could no longer fulfill your purpose, you were disposed of. But a child... Child is irreplaceable. A child has nothing but a future because parents come alongside a child and give them everything they need to succeed, give them every ex- everything they need to fulfill their potential, give them everything they need to step into who they were meant to be. Where a slave had no future, a child had nothing but the future in front of them. A slave earned every penny that was given to them. They weren't given gifts. They weren't given their only thing. As Jesus once said, the only thing a slave can do is come to their master and say, thank you, master. What do you have for me next? There was no breaks. There was no leniency. It was just, I finished my one task. What do you want me to do next? They earned everything but a child. You don't earn anything as a child. You, you have an inheritance simply because you are a child, simply because you are part of the family that <clears throat> it is your birthright. You get an inheritance. No matter if you're, <laughs> I mean, you can be bad and, and lose the inheritance, but generally it doesn't matter how bad because your parents still love you and they still want to bless you and give you all that you have because you're their child, and they want to set you up for success. Paul says that you are invited today to make a choice. He says that you can either continue to pursue the things of this world, you can continue to pursue money and power and, and influence, and you can continue to do things the way the world says you need to do it, 
And at the end of the day, you're going to be left with nothing but death, money, <clears throat> money and power and influence and acceptance. All those things just ask more and more and more of you. You can never give enough. But on the flip side of it, you're, you're also invited to be the king of kings, the son and daughter of the king of kings. Jesus said that when, <clears throat> when kings go to collect taxes, who do they collect the taxes from? Do they collect it from their kids? No. Why? Because their kids have a special birthright. As children of God, they have, or as the children of the king, they don't have some of those responsibilities. They don't have some of those things that are taken from them. The experience of a child of the king and as a peasant and as a servant is very, very different and yes, as a child of the king, there are some responsibilities. As you go out, you represent the king in all that you do. But the perks of being a child far away, the weight of being the weight and the responsibility that comes with it. Whereas for a slave, there are no perks. There is no future, as I said. There is nothing waiting for you as a slave. You're just worked and worked and worked and worked until you can work no more. And at the end of the day, you're left with nothing. And the, cra- and the hard part about all of this is, is that for so long, we didn't realize before you gave, before you became a Christian, before you gave your life to Christ and allowed the Holy Spirit to come into you and speak life and hope <coughs> and a future into you, you didn't realize that you didn't have a future. You didn't realize that there wasn't anything, because you may have a future in this life, but there's nothing waiting for you on the, after this life. But as a son of the Most High God, you have eternity waiting for you. Eternity of no more pain, no more hurting, no more, no more nothing. And I'm getting ahead of myself. I always do this. I always just want to preach next week's sermon because it's good. But you, Paul is saying that you have the opportunity to be, cho- you have been chosen by God to be set free because you have been chosen to be a child of the Most High God. And the question I have for you this morning is what does it mean to you that you were chosen? What does it mean to you that God went out of his way, pursued you like a good father, opened the door, paid the price so that you could be free of sin and death and destruction? What does it mean that God pursued you, that you were chosen to be set apart Because that is, we talk about holiness in church. That is what holiness really is, is that God loved you so much that he looked down through all of eternity future and he saw you and he made a plan for you. He chose you to be taken out of a hopeless situation, to be given a hope, to be given a future, to be given purpose, and plan, and fulfillment, and I'm not talking to that, you know, some are chosen, and some are not. God's desire is that all would be saved. All are chosen. All have the fine print on the end of the, at the end of the page. All have been given the opportunity to come into the family of God, and experience the freedom, and the glory, and the purpose that is found in God alone, 
but you, it does come down to you making the choice to accept the adoption. Because I have, one of the interesting things back in my old church is that we had a lot of families, we had a lot of um, couples that were always taken in foster kids and always adopting these kids and making them their own. And he said one of the greatest challenges with these kids is that some of them were more than happy to accept it. Some of them were more than happy to see the future and the potential of their new home and to stay and embrace it. And yeah, there may have been some discipline, there may have been some structure, but at the end of the day they saw that this was their best option and they were willing to stick it out and be a part of it. But there were some who rejected it. There would see some that would constantly be running away, constantly be fleeing because they wanted their own version of freedom. They wanted to do things their own way. And because they kept running away, and because they kept taking off, and because they didn't want to come under the leadership and the love of this family and this couple, they'd go back. They'd go back to wherever it was that they were and they would go back to being stuck in a place that the reason that adoption is so important in today's day is because there's no future there. There's no hope in that situation. If people don't come alongside these kids and pull them out and give them the love and support that every single child deserves, there is no hope for them. And God looks down at each and every one of us and he says the same thing. Without him, there's no hope. If we are left to our own ways, we will find nothing but destruction and hurt. <coughs> I've talked about this in the past, that those who pursue money never have enough money. And they will get, sacrifice family, they will sacrifice friends, they will sacrifice, they will break the law because there is never, they never get to this point where they have enough. Because money is their master, and money just asks you that you need more and more and more. Same with influence, same with power, same with acceptance. I just want to be accepted by more and more people, and I will do whatever I need to do to get it. And the freedom that is found in Christ, the freedom that is found in God and God alone, is that He comes alongside you and He says, You're already accepted, you're already loved. You already have a future. You already have all the power you could ever need. You already have, you already have it. Because what did Paul say in this passage? He said, not only do you become sons and daughters of the God Most High, you become heir of all that God has, and you become co-heirs with Christ. You become a brother and a sister to Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. He no longer calls you slave. He no longer calls you subject. He calls you brother. He calls you sister. And all the power and all of the might and all of the joy and the peace and the love that comes with being a brother or sister of Jesus Christ and becoming a son or daughter of God Most High. You have been chosen by God Most High to be a child. And in being a child of God, you are, 
able to experience a freedom that you will find nowhere else because you don't have to give in to the pressures of the world because God already loves you. God already accepts you. God already forgives you no matter how big a mess you make. God God frees you from all those chains that hold so many people down. But as a child, there's some responsibilities. As a child, you represent your father in all that you do. And so you don't get to live the life however you want. You live a life that brings honor and respect to the Heavenly Father who paid the ultimate price so that you could be free. Let's not, and like I talked about last week, that seems like a string. That's not really a string because if you recognize how much God loves you and how much God has done for you, that is something that you will willingly do because you want to honor the one who loved you first. Jesus died on a cross for you to take away sin and death so that you could step into the opportunity, step into the blessing, step into everything that God recorded that you were going to accomplish and fulfill in your life. He paid the price. He did the work. And all you have to do today is step into it, accept it, and allow the Spirit to lead you into the good and glorious things that God has set aside for you. You have been chosen by God to be a child, and because you were a child, you are free, if you want to be. I invite the worship team up. <coughs> As they come, I guess just two of you, I'm going to pray. I invite everyone to stand. Everyone's starting to smell the food. I can hear the distraction in the crowd, so. Father, I thank you. I thank you that in you we can be free. I thank you, God, that you did the work so that we can call you Father that we can approach Jesus as our Savior and as our Lord, but also as our brother. God, I thank you that you reached down into our life and you adopted us, that we would be sons and daughters of you and that we would step into all the blessing and all the peace and all the love and all the acceptance that comes with that. Father, I pray that as we cry out to you as Father, we cry out to you as Daddy, and we pray and we accept you as our, as our Father, God, that we would represent you well, not because we have to, but because we want to, because we recognize the great and glorious thing that you have done for us. And in walking in the acceptance and the love that comes with being a child of you, God, that we would experience freedom that we've never experienced before. Father, I pray for everyone who, whether you're in-house or you're online, 
that maybe you've never been given the opportunity to accept Jesus as your Savior. You've never been given the opportunity to step into the adoption that is found because of the price that Jesus paid. I pray, God, that you would speak to those people, that you, that you would speak life and love into their lives right now. God, that your grace would wash over them, that you would speak life and abundance into them, and that today, if that is you, I encourage you to accept all that God has accomplished for you and that you would become a son and daughter of the Most High and that you would be set. Allow God Almighty to set you free from sin and death, set you free from the traps of this world, that you could step into who God has called you to be. Father, may we honor you in all that we do. We love you for, your, for the acceptance we find in you. We love you for the grace we find in you. But God, we love you simply because of who you are. And may that love be evident in all that we do. I pray this in your mighty name, Lord Jesus. Amen.